interests, talents, things like that are, we can use you if you're not already serving. And specifically, the sound booth really could use someone. So we'd like everybody to prayerfully consider um, giving one Wednesday or one Sunday a month and testing it out to see if that's a fit for you. There's information in the bulletin on who to contact. Bruce Gessick, his number's in there to contact him if you're interested in learning more about that. We will train you. Don't be intimidated or anything like that. Um, there will be um, plenty of opportunity, but it is a real need right now. So I just encourage you to please think about that. And that's all I have today. Good morning. <coughs> <coughs> So here we are at the start of 2018. Those who had no trials, no hard times during 2017, raise your hands. <laughs> Don't see any. <laughs> so we all have trials and, and hard times. And I've been reading the story about Dunkirk. And if you don't know the story of Dunkirk or haven't seen the movie, that's at the start of World War II, the British, the French, and the Belgians were being defeated by the German army. And thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of soldiers ended up on the beaches of Dunkirk. And the short version of the story is the ships and boats and Everything that England had, they sent them over to Dunkirk. The people got in the boat, and they were taken back to England and rescued. But reading this book has shown me that it wasn't quite that easy, because the Germans didn't just sit around and let that happen. They were bombing the beaches. They were bombing the ships. And it talked about the soldiers getting on the boats and then having the boats bomb and the boat sink and they'd be back in the water and they get on the next boat and that boat would get bombed and sink and they'd be back in the water and they'd get onto a third ship and then maybe finally get back to England and the word talks about going from glory to glory the pastor has been talking lately about going from trial to trial and I want to encourage you, kind of like what Bonnie was saying, that when you're in the middle of those trials and you find yourself back in the water, having your ship, having your assurance of, of who you are in Jesus kind of attacked and knocked out from under you, swim back, swim to the next ship. Swim to the next glory. Because we are sometimes told, you know, come to Jesus and everything will be great. But that's not quite the way life is. Life is a struggle. And even in our, even our walk in Jesus, life is a struggle. And in 2008, or if I, if I ask you this same question in 2019, please raise your hand who got through 2018 without any trials or tribulations. I doubt that I'll see any hands then either. So just remember, like Bonnie was saying, do not forsake the gathering of the, of the church. Hang in there with all of us because we all struggle. We all have those days when we feel like our ship just got bombed and we're back in the water and what do we do now? But God is there with us, walking with us. We were talking in men's Bible study. You know, sometimes we get out three feet in front of Jesus. Sometimes we're three feet behind him. But his amazing ability is to always be with us. No matter where we are, he is with us. He is walking with us. He's, he's on the ship with us, and he's in the water with us. And he is watching out for us. Let's thank him now. Let's thank him for everything he does, and let's thank him for, for what he has given us and that we can give it back to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your love and your goodness. Lord, I don't think any of us have ever gone through the type of trials those men on Dunkirk had to go through. And they, they kept their faith up, and they were able to get back to England. Lord, allow us always to know that you are our England. You are our safe harbor. And whether we're on a boat or in the water or still on the beaches, 
watching out for us. We thank you for that. And we ask that you would receive our offerings now and use them for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> um, today I'm going to share a song that I wrote. And this song is about surrendering all that I am to Jesus and realizing that my life would be empty without him. And this song would not exist, exist if not by the grace of God. Um, a week before I wrote this song, I had the music's music for it, and I thought the music was beautiful. I didn't want to waste it. <laughs> so I tried finishing the song that day, but I couldn't. There was no words that I could put to this song, but one line, it was the line, I'm coming back to where you are. And I could not finish it. There was just no words whatsoever. <laughs> and so I just set aside the song and hoped that I'd come back to it someday. And a week passed. It was Wednesday night. And, you know, talked about rejoicing in the faith of the Lord and thanking thanking him in whatever circumstance you are in. And his message sparked something in me that while I was driving home, I just thanked God for everything. And I kind of heard him saying, as I got home, he was like, get your guitar, your notebook, and your pen. I have something for you. And so I did, and ju I just played the music I had, and words just came pouring. And... I was in awe while I was writing it because I could never write a song in a span of two hours. <laughs> I'm not good with words, but he provided this song for me. Yeah, I completed it, and it's my story. Here you go. Fill my heart with your love. 
12, we are in week 11 in pursuit of God's presence. And uh, it's, I hope that each one feels like they've been growing in the, their experience of God's presence and recognizing his voice. I want to give you a nugget I felt like uh, Mike Karen passed on to us last week. And he got this from another spiritual leader in a kind of like a, a group setting with the 50 other ministers. And here's what, it, what, what he's told us. Worship is prayer without interest. And it's that being able to just worship God without an agenda, without trying to twist his arm about anything, but just simply worshiping God, abandoning yourself to God, and giving him the honor that's due by your heart worship. You know, we're coming almost to the end of our three months in pursuit of God's presence, but I feel like it's been a, a good journey. I, I feel like it's helping us really recognize and connect with the presence of God that is constantly with us. And so hopefully you can just receive today. Let's pray. Lord, we always pray because we connect with you and prayer changes atmospheres and it changes the attitudes of our hearts. And we just ask for your peace to fall upon us. We ask, God, that any distractions, God, any place of coldness or indifference would be pushed and blown away by your precious Holy Spirit. Let our hearts be warmed by your love and by your presence today. Let us hear your voice. Let us be able to respond to what you're saying to us. Speak to us, Lord. Forever change us, God. In Jesus' name. You know, often I read the scriptures and especially reading Acts and reading the different epistles and finding out what the apostles went through after Jesus died and rose again. And I'm amazed of how they went through such different trials and tribulations, persecutions, imprisonments, beatings, stonings, rejections from city to city, uh, being whipped and beaten sometimes almost to the point of death, being stoned and left for dead. And yet there always seems to be this joy they have, this excitement about God, and even the excitement that they were worthy they felt worthy to be persecuted and go through what they went through. And I'm thinking like, what's the difference between them and us? And I think it's what God's doing in us right now. He's growing us to the place that we are not going to be totally so effective, affected by what we're going through, by the circumstances and trials we find ourselves in the midst of. So I want to start off just talking for a minute about God. God, it says that he, his person is spirit. He's everywhere. Everywhere in the universe, everywhere beyond the universe, just everywhere. His personality and the person of who he is is primarily love. And his character, his character traits are faithfulness and mercy and grace and power. He revealed himself first to the Jewish nation and walk with him through the wilderness and he's revealed throughout the old testament and how he moved through different people and nations kings and how he gave prophets to kings and to his people so that they might hear what he said and what he thought and the plans that he had for them but the most important thing i think is is that god spoke he spoke through prophecy and prophets he spoke through dreams and visions and powerful demonstrations of fire and lightning and winds, clouds, earthquakes, and still silence. How do you relate with God the Father? Uh, some of us have an easier time relating to a father. How does God the Father speak to you? How do you recognize when he's speaking to you? These are things I want you to kind of be thinking about because it so relates to our pursuit of God individually and corporately as a body. How do we hear from God? How do we uh, even spend more time really trying to connect with what he's saying to us? 
the Bible describes God and gives us an understanding of his person and who he is and how he works so that we can recognize when he speaks to us. And what he speaks to us should kind of kind of coincide with what you're reading in the word of God. And then we have Jesus, God in human form, anointed by the powerful Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit without a body, and yet empowering a man, a Savior, the Son of God. Jesus, the Savior of the world, a king who would return to reign. Jesus Christ revealed in the New Testament as the Son of God, as the one who fulfilled so many different prophetic words about his coming. But the important part is, again, is how Jesus spoke. He spoke in common language. He spoke words of comfort to people. He taught truths that would establish thinking patterns, belief patterns, places where we could trust God, who was revealing himself through the word. Jesus showed God by the example of who he was, his character, his personality and nature. Jesus spoke in ways that the human person could understand and people could relate to. Even Jesus' body language, his smiles, the acts of love and healing that he did brought total relatability to the Godhead that we could understand and that people that saw him understood. And I want to ask you this question. How do you relate with Jesus? Perhaps you're taking some notes today. I would write that down. How do you relate with Jesus? Who is he to you? And I ask you this. How does Jesus speak to you? I I think, uh, you know, even as I uh, have been thinking about this this week and just letting the message just kind of grow in my heart, I have been just going back and from my earliest memories, writing down how I felt God began to speak and relate to me. And I can't believe the stuff I'm writing and the pages I'm writing. And what it does when we begin to look at our life and recognize how God's communicating to us, it really builds the faith that God is with us and that we, like the exhortations today, to spend a little bit more time really with God and listening so that we could recognize his voice and really take in the things that he's saying to us. Do you receive through the words he spoke? Like in the Bible even. So often we read the Bible and sometimes we read it out of duty and obligation because we're supposed to read the word, we're Christians. But how many times in our Bible reading do we really say, God, I know I'm reading your word, but Lord, help me to pick out the nuggets that you have for me today. Help me to hear what you're really saying to me today. The more we are conscious of God, the more we can recognize when he speaks. Sometimes we are afraid to hear God because we're afraid of what he'll say to us. We're afraid of what he might ask us or what he might ask us to do. Don't be afraid. If he's going to ask you something that's impossible, it's going to build your faith. It's going to show you him in a whole new way. And when you get through it, you're going to be glad that you listened and you obeyed. Whoever we are comfortable with, we're open to hear. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit powered Jesus and now empowers us. Power then and power now. In John 1, 32 and 33, John the Baptist talks about Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming down on him. He gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove. With John the Baptist's own eyes, he saw something come upon Jesus God in the flesh, but yet not empowered to speak and act and bring the power of God into the human race. 
I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I tell you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit not only wants to come down on us, he wants you to remember he remains upon us. He is on us for purpose. He is on us for change. He is on us for good. He is on us to overcome and rise above the trials and tribulations that come our way. He's on us to invigorate us and to encourage us and to strengthen us and to cause us to rise so big inside that nothing can discourage you. You can rise above your trials and your problems. You can rise above circumstances, opinions, attitudes, judgments, and anything Satan himself can say and throw at you. The Spirit remained on Jesus. And John goes on, And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Even John the Baptist was not doing things on his own, but according to the call of God and how the power of God had moved on him, even in his mother's womb, John walked in an anointing, and he heard God. He was able to recognize the voice of God and then watch as he lived out his life through those boring days, through those days when I'm sure the enemy mocked him, saying, you're never going to be used of God. You're not going to see the Spirit come down on anybody. You're not going to baptize someone in water and see that anointing happen upon them because Satan is the same, discouraging, coming against the Word of God, coming against how God would speak to us. But John stayed the course, gave the message that Jesus was coming, repent, turn around, because he was motivated by words that were so powerful and meaningful, they kept him through all the distractions of life. John saw the Holy Spirit come down. The Holy Spirit remained. Jesus still baptizes people with the Holy Spirit. It's a continuing experience. Paul encourages us to be refilled and to fill ourselves up constantly by speaking in the Spirit, generating and regenerating the atmosphere of the presence of God and stirring our hearts, which is so easily covered up and distracted and put in its place by five senses in our natural body and by the circumstances that come around, by the world, the flesh, and the devil that cause our spirit to be oppressed. You can feel so encouraged and excited by being with God or being in a church service and walk out the door and be overwhelmed again with life and the distractions. The Holy Spirit working in Jesus. Acts 10.38. Luke wrote this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I tell you, Jesus wants you to go out and let the Holy Spirit do signs, wonders, and miracles through you to touch a dying world, a broken world, a world that is hopeless and without power and without God, that's distracted from eternity and the values that really can change them and for from just the, the real reality about how short our life is. After Jesus' resurrection and before he ascends to heaven, in John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. The pneuma, the wind of the Spirit, that wind that blows that you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. The wind that comes and wants to blow into our life and kind of blow away our plans and rearrange what we would do, but to send us in a direction and to appoint us in a place that will be profound to change us and to change the people around us because we become obedient to follow Jesus and let him work through our lives. Receive the gift. Receive the gift. Jesus' whole effort was to buy our salvation and reconnect us with God, but it was so he could get the Holy Spirit on the earth and into people. In Acts 1, 4, and 5, while Jesus was eating with the disciples, one of the last times before he ascended, he gave them this command. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father has promised which you have heard me speak about. 
for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus the Christ will introduce the Holy Spirit through the Spirit baptism. This first happened at Pentecost, opening a new era of God's dealing with mankind. That era is still in effect in our day. Spirit baptism by Jesus introduces us into the spirit life. Spirit activity is the chief objective of this dispensation of time. That's from Ernest Gentile's book, Jesus and the Indispensable Holy Spirit. Jesus initiated an age by having people wait. It was like the change of a movie or the change in a play where they're readjusting the the set and getting ready. There was that 40-day pause between resurrection and Jesus' ascension and Pentecost and the new man on deck, the Holy Spirit, to empower people like never before, to break the miracles of Jesus into reality and to change the way people thought about God and religion. The the limitedness of Jesus in person to Jesus and all who would believe and all who would be asked to be filled with this power from on high. In 2 Peter 1.21, Peter tells us, Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. These are the days we are praying for, that the power of the prophetic will rest on all of us. And it will not be just uh, for a few people, but we will live under a prophetic presence because the Holy Spirit is in us. And that prophetic presence will drive us and lead us and direct us into a life that's full of Him and a life that's exciting and, uh, and, and so kind of leave even apprehensive that it's kind of a nervous excitement where we are so aware of God on us, but so aware that the agenda that we are to live out is so greater than who we are. But it causes us to have an anticipation because God leads us step by step. And he may give a prophetic word that sets you in a direction, but it's always a mystery as how it unfolds from day to day. The thoughts, words, visions, etc. of God were forceful, meaningful, and truly divine, but needed expression through a human vessel. Again, from Ernest Gentile's book, Jesus and the Indispensable Holy Spirit. Are you just tired about your life? Are you a little bit caught up in the mundane and want something more? The Holy Spirit, ask for him, surrender to him, seek him, pursue him. Holy Spirit, one of three persons of the Godhead. He is spirit able to fill people, revealed by Jesus as the helper to come, the comforter, the counselor. The Holy Spirit comes and is referred to as wind, the appearance as tongues of fire at Pentecost, able to break through language barriers set in place by God. The Holy Spirit speaks prophetically and through the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. The heart, reborn spirit, Jesus Christ, comes through us by intuition, having, as it seems like, ears in our heart, awakened and spiritually sensitive. He speaks through the body of Christ, through those who are connected and part of a local church, and also through ministers who minister throughout the earth to pass on the word of God and the prophetic direction that God has for his people. The Holy Spirit brings the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into our present life on earth. We have the Godhead through the Holy Spirit living in us so that when we hear God, it could be God speaking to us or Jesus himself or the Holy Spirit speaking what God is telling him to say to us. We need to continually learn to hear him. He's the person of God. We are now have with us in us, fulfilling his time on this earth. It's time for all of us to have a greater revelation and and realization that the Holy Spirit is with us. Like even Kenny just said, he's with us. You can turn and ask him about wisdom that you need. And you can also realize he's living inside of your heart and your spirit. Holy Spirit, our person. In John 16, 13, 
But when he, Jesus was telling, when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you. Do you need a guide? Do you need a director? Do you need a leader? Do you need someone who knows where he's going? He will guide you into all truth. This is a time in history that we need truth. There are so many lies being passed on and perpetrated and given to us and misleading and misdirecting that's coming from all sources. But the author is Satan, the God of deception and lies, the one who twists the truth. But the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth and into all truth, into the whole full truth. That's why it's important for us, especially as we make decisions, life-changing decisions, major decisions, every kind of important decision in our life that we are calling on God. We are asking for for godly counsel that we might hear what God has to say, that we might be able to step out having all the truth and knowing the truth and being led by the spirit of truth so that we're making the best decision for our life. For he, the Holy Spirit, will not speak in his own message, He will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come, the things that will happen in the future. There are times we go through. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) There are times and seasons we go through where we feel like we're not hearing anything. Where we feel like, where are you, God? And I'd like to tell you, you're never going to go through those times, or if you have, they'll end. But it's not true. Because God is testing our faith. We are told and reminded by Paul through the Holy Spirit that we are to walk by the Spirit. We're just supposed to walk in faith. And so we have to walk irregardless of our five senses, and our natural tendencies to have things figured out and then make our decisions. We have to walk in a deeper trust in this God who is unseen and sometimes unfelt, but who speaks. And sometimes there's such a, an urgency we want to move forward because we figure, forget it, God's not speaking. But it's in those times we have to keep waiting. I remember the first 10 years of being here, I don't know even know how I got up and spoke. I don't know how anybody stayed in this congregation and listened. Because I felt like I did not know how to speak. I didn't know how, to hear to hear, know how to hear from God. But I tell you, staying at it for 10 years because God told me to stay in it. Having a few things that he said that I held on to as roadmaps until he came and did what he wanted to do. But I felt like in 2010, things began to change. And I began to realize that I hear from God. I had this thing called the daily, my, my daily journal that I have such bad writing, I have to put it on the computer because my handwriting, I write so fast when I'm feeling like God's talked to me that I can't go back and read it after I wrote it. So I've been putting it on my computer and I cannot believe how God is speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking. And I tell you, these are times where God wants to be heard and he wants to speak. And this is a time like never before where this is a season the Holy Spirit is speaking to His people and you need to be ready and you need to get your pen, your paper, your computer, whatever it is, and write down what He's saying to you because He's giving words that you can live on. He's giving words you can take to the bank. He's giving words that are going to far outlast your trials, your tribulations, your discouragements because He has a plan for your life. Darkness, the world is going to get worse, but I tell you, there's going to be a hope like the disciples had. Because they began to rise above their circumstances. They began to rise above the places that limited their faith by their five senses. And they started rising above that, believing that God had their back. Believing that God was with them. And they started discounting the things that were going on that were trying to discourage them. And bring their emotions and their feelings down. Learn to increase what you hear the Holy Spirit saying to you. Take some time to recount his voice speaking to your heart. How many times has he spoken through other believers and people? Those of you who are used to hearing God on your own, maybe you're a little bit more independent, maybe you're a little bit, you know, you have some trust broken. I tell you, God is restoring unity in the body. God is restoring a trust like never before. 
God is speaking through his people and you can hear from people that that which is confirming it to your heart and that you can receive that this is okay to receive because God is speaking through that person. <clears throat> Not saying sometimes you can just open up and receive from everybody, but the Holy Spirit is our witness. When someone is speaking truth, it bears witness in our heart and we can accept what that person is saying. Our key verse for today is 2 Timothy 1.6. Paul said, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. When I just look at the first part, really, because maybe some of you haven't had lands, lands, hands laid on you by a presbyter, but I tell you, if you've accepted Jesus, there's a call and there's been gifts poured into your life. And God is calling us to stir those gifts up. What does it mean to stir? It means to agitate, movement, to change, to rouse and excite yourself. Again, the Spirit of God dwells in our heart, our spirit, deep inside of us. That's our communication and intuition is all in that. But we are so bombarded. It's like when you hear a negative news, when you think about what you're facing that's in opposition, when you're going through a test, when there is opposition to your prayers, it's like someone's shoveling dirt on your spirit. And you begin to, to lose that spiritual sensitivity because your soul and his five senses connected in this world begin to take over, and it causes uh, you to have a dim ear to what the Spirit is saying. And so you've got to stir yourself. And the Holy Spirit in this year wants the body of Christ, wants us in this church to stir ourselves spiritually, to agitate and stir and push aside the distractions and the coldness of our spirit. It may mean in this time we offered a couple weeks ago that maybe taking time to uh, maybe do a little fasting, and hopefully some of you who haven't finished any fasting will take some time in fasting. I felt like the two days I took fasting last week were the most breaking through for me as ever before in a fast. Did I like it? I hated it. I hated not eating for two days. I hated not having the things I like to eat. I was... I felt a little angry, but as soon as I started the fast, something inside was excited because I knew God was going to speak at the end of the fast. And there was such excitement that came that God speaks when we honor him and doing the simple things to break away the distractions to our heart. The only thing we're taking out of this world is our spirit. It's going to go in heaven. He's going to put it in a new body. But we're supposed to take our soul. We're supposed to allow our soul to be regenerated and our personality and who we are to be refined and defined and refined out of this world so that we can take that with us. That's why it's so important to spend time with God. So important that you're gathering to worship and people that you know that are that should be here, invite your friends, invite them into the church. Invite people to get into the body of Christ. Invite people who are professing Jesus to be part of the body of Christ, that they might become that, that cohesive body, that active body where they use all of who they are and all who God made them to be, but it becomes part of something so much bigger than themselves. Stir ourselves. <clears throat> In Exodus 35, 21, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. That gathering together in Moses' tabernacle to worship God, to come under the obedience of what God was saying, that they might have spiritual life because God was providing for them in the wilderness. And let me encourage you to pray more. Prayer helps stir ourselves. You know, last week, I, I've been feeling this, this year that God wanted to do a greater emphasis on prayer and you remember last week that uh we used james five sixteen. confess your sins each to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and remember I, I was explaining to you like i felt like god wanted us to start praying with each other and especially those people that you have kind of built a trust with to get with them and pray. And if you have areas that are not right, confess, because forgiveness comes, breaking off of strongholds comes when you bring things into the light, encourage people to come uh, it, to spiritual leadership and have things majorly broken in your life, because this is a time God is moving, and we are going to see an accelerated 
answering of prayer like never before this year. God hears prayers, but we have been praying prayers, and it is time for a more spiritual breakthrough. That's why I want to encourage you to keep praying. But I want to add to that, I want to add another dimension of prayer today. And again, you know, in the past, like before 2010, I'd have such anxiety before Sunday. Do I have the right message? Are you going to show up? I had so gone by my negative feelings that I really had a hard time on Saturday before Sunday. I was dying before Sunday. I was dying as I got up. I was dying as I was here. But I tell you, this week and every time I'm waiting on God for my message and I am studying and I am praying and nothing's coming, I am so at peace because I know God is going to speak. Because my dependence is not on Bruce and what he knows, not on even what I've heard and learned from the Bible. My dependency is on the Holy Spirit that I would speak what you need to hear today. And so here it was yesterday morning sitting in the Bible study and knowing God was going to speak and it starts coming to me, the, the point of prayer that we're going to hit today. And it was partially on something that Dean was sharing. And I thought, wow, okay, you're giving me my point of direction from what someone's saying in the Bible study. And where Jerry <coughs> Munzer is taking us in the men's Bible study, and there's such great interaction and communication about the context of Scripture and different insights people are having footnotes, but also the way the Holy Spirit loves how we're together. And there's that, when you're, there's that interaction around the Word of God, there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that is imparting to us strength and wisdom and rhema, the life Word of God to us. And I felt like John 1140 was our rhema verse. Actually, it's the second part of the verse. And Jesus is speaking. I just wrote that second part. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And it so came and resonated in my spirit that this word was so powerful. <coughs> and it was going to lead to the topic of prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. In this setting, Jesus had the friendship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And we know Lazarus had died. <coughs> they knew Jesus was able to heal and everything. But somehow, once Jesus, once Lazarus was dead, they somehow did not have faith that, that he would rise again. And the profound words, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God, comes to us today. That this is time for us to rise above our circumstances, our trials and tribulations. And God is saying to you, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Yes, there will be glory when God answers your prayer. And you can rejoice for what God does. But what if he doesn't answer your prayer? It's believing in the glory of God that even if you're going through suffering and something doesn't change, the glory of God is rising above that situation, walking and knowing that God is with you, and having a joy in your spirit at something that causes you to rise above sickness, disease, pain, opposition, financial difficulties, that you know God is sustaining you. And that is something God is causing us to have to go through as the body of Christ rises and as Antichrist is going to come on the scene, we must live in a faith that is above our circumstances. We cannot live as circumstantial Christians that I can only be good and feel good if my circumstances are perfect. And I don't know about you, but it seems like every year that goes by, it's harder and harder to have everything seem perfect so that my feelings can have joy. Anybody else like that? There's always something. Always something. We say, if you take care of this, God, I know everything is going to be fine. It's not the truth. Because you get rid of one thing, something else is going to step up. And I tell you, if you would believe, <clears throat> if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. And so I want you to resonate and think about that. Because here's where our prayer connection is going to come. And this is the verse. Oh, let me, I have, feel like I have to tie this in again. Psalm 77, verses 19 of the Amplified. I gave it to you last week. I'll give it to you again. Asaph, the one who was writing this psalm, is talking about God. He said, your way in delivering your people was through the sea. You're going through opposition. God is going to show himself through what you're going through. He's going to do something. You're going to see the glory of God, but you're not going to recognize God with you. 
Your way in delivering your people was through the sea and your paths through the great waters. Yet your footsteps were not traceable, but they were obliterated. God was with them. They did not see his footsteps, but he took them through the Red Sea. What is your Red Sea? You cannot see God where you're at. All you see is the anxiety. All you feel is the anxiety. All you see is the problem. All you see is the opposition. But I tell you, in spite of this, God's footprints are going before you. But you must rise and put your vision above a higher to Jesus because he is there. He's going to do something supernatural for you. And here's our prayer. This is where we're going to focus today. But let me tell you this first. So yesterday, blessed Joe Pereira's fixing lights for, for our outside lights, and I get this call. And this person is telling me, I got this situation, and I just so want it to change, and it's not changing. And I'm so upset, I'm uptight, I'm losing sleep, I'm anxious. And I said to them, what is your heart telling you? And they said, my heart's telling me, God's got this. I go, there you are. There you are. You're supposed to rise above that. And they started laughing because immediately the Holy Spirit gave witness. They go, they said, I feel chills right now. You got your answer. The enemy is using your problem to distract you. Your faith isn't a living God. And what you're leaning on is what the Holy Spirit told you, that the worst of what the enemy is trying to tell you is going to happen, it's not going to happen. And so he's messing with your he's messing with your peace, but your heart is resonating what God is saying to you. And they just rose above that and they ended up just all happy and everything. Did their problem go away? The other problems are feeling no, but they rose above. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Believing means what? It doesn't mean I'm believing on my, on my circumstances changing. I'm believing because my prayers are answering. I'm believing because I have no more physical pain. I'm believing because my job is changing at work. I'm believing because he's the promiser. That's why it's so important to be in the word. It's so important to look if you've had prophetic promises in, or you've been through a prophetic conference. Go back and begin to look. Those seeds are incorruptible seeds. They may have gone onto the ground and Satan may, may have told you they're not going to come to pass. But you start resurrecting them and you start watering when you believe what God said. And sometimes we have to come back and say, will you forgive me? Because I've kind of doubted your word. Will you grant me repentance? I doubted your word. You don't lie. God, I come back. Please grant me repentance. Forgive me. God, give me what you said. Take me to the place that you promised. Let me see the glory of God in you being a man and a God of your word. And Lord, I want to rise above the lies and the accusations and the distractions that Satan's thrown at me. And excuse me, you have to disregard your five sentences. And if you're senses, and if you're a feeling person, sometimes you're going to have to just kick your feelings to the curb or live with them because the feelings are what they are. They're just feelings. But God in his word can be standed on and trusted because he's promised he'll never leave us. Here's our verse for today. And with this, we're going to go to the altar. Luke 11, 9 through 10. Some of you are going to resurrect prayers. Jesus says to us, So I say to you, Hillside, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you're going to find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door shall be opened. Will you stand? If you feel like you have something that's not breaking, and especially if it's a promise from God, something he's said to you, and it's not breaking, I want you to come over here, and I want you to start praying. Start seeking God. Start knocking on that prayer. And if you want, if you want someone to pray with you, someone to agree with you, someone to knock on the door with you, you come on this side, and people will gather around and pray for you. Come on. No music or nothing. Come on. What have you been contending for? What has been resisting you? What is not happening? And you've kind of given up on your faith. It's time to stir yourself. You get before God, we'll, we'll agree with you that God's going to break something, that, that that prayer is ongoing, that we're doing what Jesus said. We're asking, we're seeking, and knocking. 
Paul, yes, I thought Paul needs to be prayed for. People who have faith, let's believe. I, been, I believe that Paul, God wants to keep speaking to you, but we're also praying that you're going to get out of that wheelchair. Anybody else has something, long-standing sickness or something, God's a healer. We're going to keep knocking on the door. We're going to pray for healing. If you need healing, come up. Let us know. We're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to pray again. God hears prayers. But there are things, and, and we know because of the word of God, some things just demand more prayer. They demand more persistence. They demand more knocking, more seeking, more asking. Do you, is there anybody out here who, who needs an answer for something, and they feel like you're almost frustrated because God's not answering you, not talking to you? Come up. Let people know. We'll pray for you. Those of you who are not needing anything, will you just kind of prayer support? We have like seven or eight minutes before it's over. Just be praying that people will experience God. Your prayers are powerful for people who have needs. Your prayers out there are bolstering the atmosphere. When we pray, there's an atmosphere here that we create because we're believers that breaks strongholds, that brings encouragement, that destroys darkness, that builds people's faith.